Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Asher Agency, a full-service marketing agency with offices in Indiana, West Virginia, and Washington, D.C. For nearly 50 years, Asher has helped our clients tell their stories, reach customers and prospects, and stand out from the crowd. To learn more about how we can help your company, visit asheragency.com or contact us at hello at asheragency.com. My guests are Kara Kelly and Tom Borney. Kara and Tom, how are you doing? Wonderful, Anthony. Doing great. So, Kara, you are now a record-setting third time around on the podcast. What? I know. I think you're the only person who's been on twice, and now you're the only person who's been on three oh times. God. And, Tom, this is your first podcast ever. This is the first ever. I suspect it'll be my last. And the first time you've worn a jacket in a year. Yes, and I just, I don't like it. <laughs> well, you can take it off right when we're done. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about jackets. We're here to talk about Asher's 50th anniversary, which is coming up next year. So for those of you who don't know Tom, Tom is the former president and CEO. Do I have that right? That is correct. Of Asher. And Kara, of course, is the current president and CEO. So Tom, I'm going to start with you because your history goes back further than either of ours. So tell me a little bit about how Asher got started way back in 1974. What was your brother thinking at that time, and why did he decide to start the agency that is today, Asher? It, it is a somewhat unique story. Tim had um, a number of college uh, activities going on. During the time in 74, he was in his first year of law school in Stetson in Florida, and I remember hitchhiking down. Um, with a friend, and we were down there, and Tim said, I'm thinking about coming back. I'm not sure that I really like this law um, activity. So how old is Tim at that time? Is he young, early 20s? Tim had to be in his early 20s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. All yes. Right. Yeah. And um, he had just gotten off of a uh, gig where he had a moonwalk, and he would travel around the country in his moonwalk at uh, county fairs. <laughs> okay. And so he thought For he For those who don't know, what's a moonwalk? And that well, includes me, by the way. I don't know. It's a bounce house? It's a bounce house. Oh, yes. really? Yes. But I'm still fixated on the fact that Tom hitchhiked down to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. That, that's moonwalk. a story on its own, <laughs> yeah. Kara. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, okay. How, how we got down so there. So he had a bounce house. Down there. Right. Yes. Okay. And that was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. And he said, I think I'm going to come back. I was in college at that time. And, you know, it just went over my head. Yeah. Like, you know, Tim, you're going to do whatever you want anyway. Yeah. Um, and so he had some friends um, who were in the political world, and they were working for the Secretary of State at that time called Larry Conrad, mm -hmm. a very interesting guy. Um, and Tim dropped out of law school. I know my parents had a fit of over that. And he came, moved to Indianapolis and went to work for Larry Conrad. And these individuals who were working at that time said, you know what, wouldn't it be interesting if we opened up our own marketing firm mm -hmm. and handled political advertising because mm. they had just gotten off of his reelection campaign. Yep. So two other individuals um, and Tim started Asher actually in Indianapolis. Okay. All right. And I think that probably lasts six months. Yeah. Um, and he said, I think I want to get back to Fort Wayne because okay. that's where my contacts and relationships huh. are. And so that is the simple way of how it started. That's interesting because mm -hmm. I didn't know the Indianapolis angle. Yes. I guess I didn't know that. We're learning and, all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. One, um, one factoid is I helped him move into his office. It was in the Commerce Building. Yeah. And that time there was no universal air conditioning. So Tim and I had a window unit that we took up the elevator and we were putting in. And um, – Tim was rooming with an individual, Don Swanson, who was an attorney, still a prominent attorney in uh -huh. Fort Wayne. And um, Tim said, here, hold this air conditioning <laughs> unit. I think we're on the 20th floor. 
And as, as he walked away, I went, what? <laughs> and the air conditioning unit went down 20 floors and just shattered. I can't imagine. That. But, you know, Tim, being um, the entrepreneur he was, said, don't worry about it. We have an attorney in our office, so we wouldn't have had an issue. So when all this is going on, are you yes. thinking, someday I want to be part of this? Never. And you're like, I just no. want to move the air conditioner I was, out of here. I was in college yeah. um, having the time of my life. Um, enjoying every minute of it, having absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Okay. All right. In fact, I did my undergraduate degree in history and political science. And then I went on to work at my master's yeah. in public and environmental affairs. And what in the hell do you do with <laughs> public and environmental yeah. affairs? Yeah. Um, so that is a little bit of my right. progression, but I never thought about the ad agency business. So I've heard three different versions of the story. Where does the name Asher come from? I think there's more than three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's worn well. It's worked well. Yeah. Um, there was uh, there was an agency in Los Angeles called Asher Gould. Mm -hmm. I believe they still exist today. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they were a powerhouse creative shop. And somehow Tim and his research bumped into this name Asher Gould. I think the real truth of the story is. Asher being starting with an A mm -hmm. would be first in the yellow pages at that time. Yeah. Um, and that's really the true story. Now, yeah. the other stories you hear are just nice fabrications. Yeah. But it did bode well for us along the way. I, I can remember one example. Um, we had acquired an Indianapolis agency, and the name of it was uh, Bloomhorse Story O'Hara. And um, we merged that group with us, and yeah. they had some business, and they had a little bit of business with a group called Mel Simon. Mm -hmm. And Mel and Sir Herb Simon owned um, uh, Simon Development, yep. which was in a huge growth mode at that time. And when we first met them, um, they really took a liking to us because the name Asher is one of the five founding families of the Jewish faith. They thought I looked very Jewish. Um, <laughs> I, I never told them what my faith was. I just said, I, I have faith. So you never um, told them you were Jewish, but you never told them that you weren't. No, yeah. no. Okay, all right. But it was, it was a relationship that was built quickly. Um, <laughs> and for that reason, it was one of the reasons they were attracted to us because of Asher. <laughs> Kara, I bet you didn't know this, but if you look up Asher, mm -hmm. I may be making this up, um, but Asher also means twin. And so, you know, the years that I worked with Tim, which were 35-ish mm -hmm. years, um, he was the yin, I was the yang, yeah. he was the bad guy, I was the good guy. Um, we talked, you know, yeah. virtually 18 hours a day, mm -hmm. um, drove our families nuts. <laughs> and um, But the twin thing kind of stuck with me. And I went, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some, That's you know. That's cool. Yeah. Tim was actually five years older than, than I was. Well, the yin and yang thing is definitely true. I used to, when I first started oh, working yeah. at Asher, People are like, how do you like it? I said, it's great. I can give it anything I want. I just need to decide when I go upstairs, do I take a right yeah. or a left? <laughs> yeah. Anthony, which, how many years have you been here? 19. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Long yeah. time. Yeah. So you got involved in 1988. Is that right? Was 88, yeah. So talk me through when you started to consider working with your brother, because it sounds like there was a time when you weren't going to do that. And then all of a sudden, about you know, less than 10 years later, you were. So how'd uh, that happen? There was really no focus that what I was going to do was work with Tim. In fact, my parents, particularly my mother, yeah. said, you never want to work with your brother, Tim. <laughs> and, and that kind of stuck with me. Um, <laughs> but Tim and I would talk literally seven days a week. Yeah. He was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. I was in the marketing, advertising, uh -huh. promotional side of the world. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we would we would gather via mm -hmm. phone or in person, and we would talk. He would tell his stories, and yeah. I would tell my stories, and he wouldn't listen to mine, but I listened to his. Yeah. Um, and so we we really were close. 
I can't say socially we were terribly close, yeah. but from a business standpoint, we were hooked at the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both had a lot of enjoyment on that. And we were able to use each other's strengths and weaknesses yeah. to our advantage mm-hmm. and develop relationships um, locally and regionally and across the state and even further. Um, and so it really was a great partnership that we had. Yeah. Unfortunately, for those of, you know, you all know that Tim um, had pancreatic cancer and died six years ago, uh, way too early. He had so many things yet he wanted to do. Yeah. But it was probably good for you and you because if he were still here, he'd still be in an office <laughs> in this building where I said two years ago, get me the hell out, I'm done. Um, yeah. So for those who never met Tim, how do you describe Tim? How, how would you describe him? What was he like? You know, you probably know knew him as well as anybody. <laughs> I knew Tim very well. Um, a very unique individual. Um, Tim never met a person that he didn't like. Um, he he ruffled people the wrong way, mm-hmm. but he still would would think that they were best friends. Yeah. He never accepted the word no. No to him meant I got to push. I have to push harder. Um, he was a highly intelligent individual. Mm-hmm. Never stopped working. Mm-hmm. I mean, his life. Yeah was Asher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was what he was all about. If he wasn't here, he was at the lake and, on the golf course. Yeah. But honestly, this was what he loved. Um, he, he, was, he was very sharp, very smart. I can't say he was, may have been the best marketing guy. Mm-hmm. He may have been the best carny kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I'll go, I'll but, go but he, back to the bounce house. He, yeah. He, yeah, go back to the bounce house. Um, but yeah. he was extremely successful in what he did. Um, I came on board in 1988. I think we had probably, I don't know, eight to 12 employees at that mm-hmm. time. We grew it ultimately to about 67 employees. Um, Tim did not like to travel. Mm-hmm. And so I handled the road work. Yep. And we were able to grow very quickly. I mean, we went from a, a local agency to a statewide agency mm-hmm. and then um, larger. I mean, at one time, Kara, you were operating 56 markets across the country. 63. 63 markets yeah. uh, for Subway. Yeah. I mean, so we were definitely a national agency. Um, and uh, we slowed down a little bit with COVID. And that was my opportunity to go, you know what? I think there are people in this agency, and I'm looking at both of them now, who really can take this and take it to the next generation because my mindset and thinking with COVID and, you know, the stay-at-home kind of stuff was really wearing on me. Yeah. Um, and I think that was an outstanding move as well. So so going back to when you got involved, yes. what was that conversation like? Was there ever a point when it was your idea, you said to Tim, hey, I think I want to join you in business, or was it Tim's idea? Yeah. Did it take some convincing, or were you on board from the minute he asked you? I was a pretty easy pushover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tim, I knew Tim wanted me to come on board for, for quite a while. Yeah. And I was in a very comfy position and role. Um, I was paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have to work 18 hours a day, although I've always been a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's, I kept going back to my mother. Tom, you don't want to work with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the way it happened was fairly simple. Um, after a year or two where Tim said, yeah, think about coming on my side of, mm-hmm. of the table. Yeah. And I kept saying, Tim, I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but we were at lunch. Um, we may have been at Henry's. Mm-hmm. And he said, Tom, he said, just let's seriously talk about this. And I said, you know, in my short way, because I don't like a lot of words, <laughs> here's a napkin, write down your offer. <laughs> 
He looked yeah. at me and he said, do you have a pen? And I, I did. Yeah. And I gave him the pen and he wrote it down. And I said, okay. Huh. It was that simple yeah. and, and that clean yeah. and how it happened. Huh. Um, I think I went home that night and told my parents and they went, oh, Tom. <laughs> So you needed, it was t- tongue in cheek. They, needed, they, they loved that we were. You working needed to together. change your offer after you talked to your parents. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was Asher like in those early days when it's you know eight or ten employees? You're coming on board. I'm assuming it's some political work. It's you know local retail work. What type of work was it, and what what was the business like at that point? It was local retail. Yeah, um, I remember. Uh, Ermshire's mm-hmm. um, was a large client at that time, um, very successful window people. Yeah. We were in the automotive business. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, We Tim had Don Ayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still work with Don Ayers yep. today. Yep. Um, I'm not sure of the other clients off the top. Political? Uh, political department, always. Tim, yeah. Tim was always involved in, mm-hmm. in politics. One of my favorite Tim stories <laughs> Excuse me. was when the then head of the Indiana State Republican Party was in his <laughs> office— and on Tim's walls were a telegraph from Bobby Kennedy, <laughs> a Sagamore of the Wabash from the Democratic governor of Indiana. And I think there was a photo of John Kennedy. And I'm like, only Tim could get away with having the paraphernalia up of the other party while hosting. Yeah. And He's Anthony, the, the next year, <laughs> Tim became a delegate to the Republican convention. <laughs> and nobody could believe when yeah. he showed up <laughs> with a big smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Carrie, you came on board in 2007. Yes. Is that right? So that's, you know, still pretty early on in Asher's history. What were your initial, like, reflections of Asher? What was your role? What were you doing? And what were your first impressions of Asher? Yeah, well, um, there are common themes here. I think about, you know, Asher and the the twin analogy. Um, Henry's is all part of the story. So, um I know I've shared my history and moved home from California and all of that, but how Asher came into play, um, Tim and Tom, my my dad worked at the Grand Wayne Center, was a client of yep. Asher's, and so they called my dad and were like, hey, how happy is Kara? Would she want to come over and join the Asher team? And, you know, at that point, I had been um, back in Fort Wayne for about a year, and I didn't know if I was ready to change jobs. So I'm like, Dad, meet me at Henry's. So my dad <laughs> met me at Henry's, and I was like, God, I have this opportunity with the Borney Brothers. You know, I anyway, um, I decided to take a chance, take a leap, and came yeah. over here. But um, I also— it. Was I was taken to lunch by both the boarding boys, mm-hmm. and they would take turns coming to the table. Who was who was interrogating me next? And yeah. um, I was given an offer on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sent so many themes yeah. here. Yeah. Um, it was probably the same napkin that I'd signed <laughs> much earlier than that. Right of passage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my recollection. I have two memories of my interview with Tim and Tom. <laughs> the first, and this is for the lawyers out there. The first question, I think. I don't know if you asked me or Tim asked me, but the first question in the interview was, who'd you vote for in the last election? <laughs> didn't matter what you said. And I'm like, isn't that illegal? Um, and then I think we're in the middle of the second interview, and Tom's like, why are we doing this? Well, do you want to work here or not? And I was like, sure, let's do it. So it was very unconventional in that way. You know, Anthony, just to add just a little bit in our 50 years, um, which makes us literally the oldest ad agency in Northeast Indiana. Yeah. I mean, it's the people to me mm-hmm. that were the motivators. Yeah. Loved our clients. Yeah. Loved being successful. But it was the people that we brought in and the key um, leadership team. Yeah. And if you take a look at around the building, 
most of them are still here. Yeah. I mean, that gave me so much satisfaction. Oh, yeah. Well, and another thing, Kara and I were talking earlier this morning that a lot of former employees are now clients. Yeah. Um, and there's some former clients who are now employee, employees, right. Margaret and others. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's that um, through line of people, which, you know, has really made the business what it is. Um, Kara, when, when you started, or even before that, did you have any ambitions at the time of someday I want to run an agency or someday I want to own a business? Was any of that on your no. mind? No. As yeah. a matter of fact, um, I was, I think, maybe an account supervisor at this yeah. point yeah. on the Subway team. Yeah. And we were growing that Subway business pretty aggressively. And yeah. um, a nod to Mr. Jack Luttrell. I remember he and Tom had a conversation of really needing to prioritize key leadership within mm -hmm. our Subway department. And that was my path to VP yeah. title. Mm -hmm. I mean, so then from that VP title um, – you know, Tom and I have talked often about it. It's almost as though I was running an agency within the agency yeah. when Subway was our client. So Tom was able to see my management style and and how we grew the team, and that was my path to presidency. Yeah. So it was never an agenda. It was never. Yeah. You know, my my goal in life. Yeah. Um, but it was all just. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was a blessing. It's how things worked out. So, Tom, let's embarrass Kara a little bit. What are some of the things you saw in her that made you say, this person can lead the subway side of the business and has potential to be a leader in the business? I mean, or, it, it organically happened very quickly. Yeah. I mean, Kara is extremely comfortable in building and developing relationships. Yeah. People truly like her mm -hmm. because she's honest, she's real, she doesn't yeah. BS people. Um, she, her work ethic is as strong as mine was, mm -hmm. as strong as Tim was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you take those factors of relationship building and work ethic um, and then intelligence, and you put those three together, and you can be very successful, not yeah. only in the marketing, advertising, public relations side, but virtually in any business. Kara had all those things. Yeah. And Kara had this drive that she wanted to do more. Um, I think I've told Kara and probably you, Anthony, way too many times is we never want to be the biggest agency. Um, we just want to be the best. Mm -hmm. and, and if we're the best, it will show in our work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've had a long history of doing that. Tim, on the other hand, was more like the Kmart of agencies. <laughs> just like thrill them and build them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it was quality and quantity you know, all under one roof. Um, and but, that worked, by the way. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Very successful. I'm going to throw out a couple names of people who are, you know, well-known as being associated with Asher. I just want you to tell me what comes to mind. And either one of you, you know, pick your spots here. But let's talk about Larry Wardlaw a little bit. So Larry was an Asher employee and is still very much part of the Asher family. How long did Larry work for Asher? 35? Whoa. It, it, um, it, I think 36 years. Yeah. 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 Somewhere around 36. And when you think about Larry, there is only one Larry Wardlaw yeah. in this community, quite mm -hmm. frankly. I remember traveling with Larry across the country. There's not a single airport that I would be in with Larry where somebody went, hey, Larry. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he knows yeah. everybody. Yeah, for sure. But when you think about Larry, I mean, citizen of the year. Yeah. I don't know what year that goes back. Uh, the mayor of West Central. Yeah. Sagamore. I mean, Sagamore. You can just go on and on. He is a, definitely an institution. Yeah. We, we stay in touch, um, and uh, he's doing very well. Well, the, the one thing that I, I've always said about Larry, and I, I think this is true in my experience, is that he's literally one of the only people I know who I've never heard anyone say a bad word about right. him, mm -hmm. even when he's yeah. not in the room. And right. usually, you know, if you get people in private, 
that's where stuff comes up. Like, like you and I, Anthony. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the room doesn't have to be too big for people to say negative things about me. But Larry is someone I've never heard right. someone say a bad word about. Yeah. And, and he is someone who will tell you what he's thinking. So it's not like he, you know, has yeah. um, cultivated this, you know, in, in a way that's artificial. Right. I, I think it's just who he is. Um, Kara, any thoughts on oh, he's Larry Woodlaw? Class act. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, heart of gold and um, just the life of any party. Yeah. You know, in, sure. in, a, in a subtle way, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's so classy. And, and really great at building relationships. I yes. Mean, there, there's a lot of clients who really loved working with Larry and, right. and some who are still in touch with him, even though he's not here full time. Um, how about Jill Brown? Jill's been here for 30 plus years. You both have worked with Jill. <laughs> how, Jill how would you B. describe that experience? Uh, Jill B. Um, gosh, I feel like these are two legends in two very yeah. different ways. Um, yeah. Worked with Jill now, what, 16 years? She's been here, I think, 31 or 32 years mm-hmm. now. Um she is, I have been told by multiple corporate global entities and clients of ours that she is the best media buyer they mm-hmm. have ever worked with. Yeah. Um, she's just a bulldog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and always she, yeah. and, and always looking out for our clients, you know, treats their dollars like they're her own. Um, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes to the dismay of the, the rep she works with, but she gets the job done. Anything you want to add to that, Tom? You know, Jill's just the best. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Um, I remember uh, presenting um, a subway market in Paducah, Kentucky, and uh, Big Mike oh, yeah. called after the presentation was done. He said, Tom, I just want to tell you something. He said, yeah, I really don't care for you. He said, but I'm going to hire you? Yeah. I'm going, what? And he said, I said, well, then tell me more. He said, I'm hiring Jill Brown, yeah. not you. Yeah. And I said, Mike, that is the best thing you could have possibly <laughs> said to me because that is Jill Brown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there is nobody who is better in the media world. Yeah. She loved her clients, like you said. She loves the agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Joe would introduce us as uh, I, I would be her day husband yeah. because we spent <laughs> yeah. so much time oh, yeah. together. For sure. For yeah. sure. She's just the best. Yeah. So, Kara, how would you say Asher's has evolved? Asher's evolved during your time mm. with the agency. It was obviously things were, were pretty different back in 2007. What yeah. have you seen in the past? What would that be? 20-ish years um, that has changed? What's the same? How's the business different? How is it similar? It's it's a significantly different landscape. If you don't grow and change, you die, right? And so, I mean, my goodness, 10 years ago, we weren't building websites. We weren't managing social media. Mm -hmm. uh, We weren't buying digital. And now you look at our our mix of business and our our book of business, and that's the lion's share of what we do. We still, we have exceptional creative and creative concepting. Jen Roberts, I, I mean, she is just outstanding. The whole team that mm-hmm. she has built, um, and our you know our traditional media, we st- we we do, um, we do such world class work here. Uh, but we have evolved with the times. We've grown with the times, and we've we've um, specialized our crafts. So I mean, building websites, front end, back end, custom mm-hmm. built. Um, Anyway, so yeah, it's evolved yeah, uh, quite yeah. a bit over time. Yeah, is there anything you would say that that hasn't changed? You know, the work we do is very different, but what's what's the same? What's been constant in the time you've been with Asher? Um, I hope that it's our culture. Mm-hmm. It's something that is, I think, one of our most important attributes and why people stay here for so long. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, I hope that that thread continues into, you know, this next generation of Asher. Um, and I think we always, um, we, we work really hard, yeah. all of us across the agency. I never, never doubt anybody, you know, that, that someone isn't pulling their weight. We all work yeah. really hard, but we all have each other's backs and mm-hmm. we all genuinely like each other, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that that also has been a common theme looking back at my early days here. Um, we have a good time together too. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's two things that have stood out for me. And one is the appreciation for the employee's life outside of work. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Tom, there, there'd be many days when he'd be leaving at five and you were a good model for, you know, I'm going to work hard, but I'm going to go home five, five thirty. It was important. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of times you would pop in my office and say, go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I did. I, I would I expect did. you to work after dinner at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you called me at six, you'd open to pick up. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, I think Asher was way ahead of the curve when it comes to like work flexibility. I remember when my son Alex was young mm-hmm. and there were times when, you know, he'd be sick as kids get. And I'd be like, oh, I'm a sick kid. What do I do? And we could get it done from just about anywhere at a time when that wasn't um, all that common. So, Tom, was that intentional kind of like, did did you say this is part of our business plan to respect our employees' lives outside of work? Or was that just something that you thought was important? And, you know, how did that, how did that evolve it, to become part of the culture? It really wasn't a business plan. Yeah. I remember with Tim, I'd go, Tim, let's set our annual business plan together. He goes, why? <laughs> he said, yeah. we know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we're going to move it forward and let's keep growing it. Um, the truth of the matter is that's how I felt. That's how I mm-hmm. believed. Yeah. I thought it was extremely important because if, if I, I thought my family was important, yeah. um, everybody else's is just as important. But at the end of the day, it was up to each individual to decide what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but it worked well. It, yeah. it truly did. Yeah. Well, Kara, when you think about, you mentioned the culture. Um, what what have you tried to retain when you think about like what Asher has been for you? What have you tried to keep in that and move forward as we now have you know offices in three different in three different states? And you know how have you tried to maintain that through line when the way we work is very different, the client mix and type of work we do is different. What have you tried to keep constant over the years? I think, you know, I, I use these three words when I encourage people to return to the office. It's culture, communication, and, oh, my gosh, I just forgot my third C. Um, communication, I already said that, didn't I? Yeah. Car, yeah. Car communication is so important. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, right. It's third C is car wreck. Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. Gosh, I can't believe it. I, those were, like, tattooed on my arm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's what I, I think is most important in carrying through is making sure that we're transparent. Collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah, yep. Bada bing, bada boom. See, we just collaborated on we collaboration. We did. Yeah. Collaboration, culture, communication. Thank yeah. you. Um, that we're transparent with our teams, that we, um, you know, get together on a regular basis. I know you don't want to have meetings just to have meetings, but yeah. whether it's virtual or whether you, you're able to be in person, it's why we have an annual retreat every year mm-hmm. as an agency and get yep. everybody in the same room for a day and, you know— work together, learn from each other, grow together, and then have fun at the end of the day. But um, why we do, you know, an annual year-end gathering. I just, I think without that that contact and that communication, um, we're an ad agency and mm-hmm. the creativity starts to suffer. So that's important, uh, I think, as we look ahead and kind of this new era of work life. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, it's, 
it's a good mix of we give people autonomy, mm-hmm. they do their work, we trust them to do their work from wherever they can, how how they can, and then there's times when the collaboration is really critical to get people together. And I think it's a nice balance of that. It took a while, I think, for everybody to figure that out, not just here, but every workplace. But I think we've hit a nice stride of knowing when people need to be heads down, focused mm-hmm. on what they're doing, and when we need to get together and, and talk things out. So well, let's talk a little bit about how the the business has evolved from an ownership standpoint. Because at one point, Tom, it was just your brother. Then it was you and your brother. And then you made a decision um, through a, you know, through succession to work with a holding company that purchased the agency. And then recently, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, Kara and Megan purchase the business back with some minority partners. What what have you seen in all that, Tom, when you look at how that's evolved? What's gratifying about that? Any challenges along the way? What's what's that look like from your seat? So we ended up selling the agency in 2011. Mm-hmm. And that was to a group in Memphis, Tennessee of investors. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim and I had minimal experience. We had bought and sold an agency in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, publicist bought our Indianapolis office, um, and that was probably in the late 1990s. <clears throat> so when we talked to these individuals, we kind of looked at each other and said, well, what do you think? And Tim said, well, let's hear the offer. And they came back, and they made a very, very nice offer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are we going to do, Tim? We're still young. Um, and he said, I think we should sell it. And so we did engage um, – in a sale, uh, we had um, contracts to stay employed, mm-hmm. um, but it was a true gamble at that time. We yep. didn't know if they were going to come in. I mean, you have a 50-50 chance of someone buying you yep. and then taking over the ownership and taking yep. over the management and doing things the way that you wouldn't necessarily do. Yeah. But these individuals who we developed really close relationships with, Kara knows them yeah. uh, well, and that helped with, with what happened later on. Um, and we were allowed to continue to maintain the operational side. And I suspect, Anthony, if we weren't doing well, it may have been a little different story. Yeah, sure. But the fact that we were delivering them um, value and profit at the end of each year, they truly left us alone. Yeah. Um, I think that as this thing happened, how many years ago is that, 2011 through— uh, 13, 13. 13, 14 years— I think it reached a point where Kara and I spoke um, in some detail about, Kara, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I-, I have to tell you, I want to continue the name Asher. I want the Asher agency to continue to exist, which I really loved hearing. Yeah. I mean, it's just I, I would like it to go on forever. Mm-hmm. It may not, but yeah. but the way it's going now, it will. Yeah. Um, and so w- we said, all right, w- we have a good relationship with current owners. Why don't you just reach out? And notice I said, why don't you reach out um, to say, we would yeah. be very interested in purchasing us back. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. And it's, I think, the relationship, I know it's everything in our mm-hmm. business, but uh, the relationship that we had with Eastport, really, um, they were supportive mm-hmm. and encouraging and um they they were awesome partners throughout it. Yeah. And yeah, it's really exciting to be able to not knowing what the future would have held um to become independent again and to maintain again just this rich history and yeah. the name and the legacy that yeah. you guys yeah. 
established. Well, and, and now through Karen Megan being the majority owners, also in Indiana WBE, and there's some advantages with that as well. So l- let's talk a little bit about what's coming up and, and what you see as you look ahead, because obviously the next year is all about celebrating 50 years in business, but it's also about building for the future. So Kara, what's on your mind as you look ahead? What's important to you in terms of vision and, and legacy and all those things? Yeah, I just, I, I'm still so hungry and motivated and I want us all to continue getting smarter and growing as professionals and continuing to grow this business. I think we have a bit of that Midwest modesty going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to tell our story on a larger scale of what great work we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have some fellow CEO uh, friends and, and business owners around the country, and they see the work that we're doing here. And they're like, Kara, you should be so proud yeah. that you do exceptional work. Um, and we we just, we do it. We work hard. We deliver. We deliver results. But um I'd love to showcase that more and just continue to to grow this business. Yeah. Well, and and you know, one of the things I think isn't isn't maybe appreciated outside of our building sometimes well enough. Um, I know some of our clients appreciate it, but just how smart our people are. You know, the the thing that I was always told early in my career is, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. And there has never been a day in any room at Asher where I'm the smartest person in the room because we have really, really highly skilled, smart people. Um, but one of the things I think that's kind of woven into that when you talk about that modesty is everybody's kind of just content to, to do the work, work hard, be really smart. And they, there's not a lot of fanfare to it, but man, they do really incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a team of specialists. You know, when I started at Asher, Tom, you know, when I was, when I was hired on, it was, I had a, had a writing background. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of writing, did some account management, did about five different things. And we were kind of a team of generalists at the right. time. It's like, we wanted people who could communicate well, who had a marketing background, but you never really knew what you are going to be thrown into. And I always say kind of jokingly, I don't really do anything anymore. I just assemble the right people <laughs> to do the hard work. That's that where the do. business has really changed. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt. You are, you are hiring specialists now. Yeah, 100%. In, in every area. Yes. Yeah, and people who have to compete with some of the best talent nationally because we are working with national brands. It mm-hmm. benefits our local clients, but in order to compete for the work we're doing, you know, in 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 the the industries we're in, we have to hire the best of the best. And and I see that absolutely every day at the people we have here. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a speed round now. I'm going to throw a couple categories out there. And <laughs> this, this might go very poorly. It might go really well. <laughs> I want each of you to share one of your favorite Asher stories, something that happened that sticks in your memory, makes you laugh, Maybe makes you smile. Maybe makes you, you know, <laughs> glad that that those days are over. But what's what's one of your favorite Asher stories, Anthony? There are so many. <laughs> if it's a speed round and the buzzer goes off, I'd go Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, and All right. and um, I remember I don't know the exact year. Um, we were asked by some attorneys in Indianapolis to help Donald Trump to help Hoosierize him. Mm-hmm. And um, he sure, sure does travel with a lot and, of attorneys. And, and, <laughs> and the individual's name was Greg Hahn at the time. It was Tabard Hahn mm-hmm. out of Indianapolis. And he said, Tom, I think you, you, I think you would be able to help him. And yeah. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, well, let me set up a meeting. And so we did. And he, Donald interviewed us and he hired us. 
Yeah. And Donald wouldn't listen to a thing that I would have to say. I remember <laughs> setting him up in the the um, Indianapolis Press Club. Yeah. And it was at the convention center, and we had written his speech, and um, he uh, he. I said, here's your speech, and he looked at it, and when he got to the podium, and this was his quote, he said, who wrote this shit? <laughs> Wadded it up and threw it away and just started talking. I yeah. mean, while our politics never aligned, mm-hmm. our personalities did, mm-hmm. and, and we became friends. We became close. Mm-hmm. He paid his bills on time. Hmm. I think one of the unique things, because you know, everybody says you can't trust the Donald, which is— probably true today. Yeah. Um, I had asked him, I said, would you give us an opportunity to present and pitch your creative if you get the first casino in, on Lake Michigan? And he said, I will. And so at that time, his go-to person was Oprah's boyfriend. Um, Stedman. Stedman, yeah. yeah. And I went, why are we even wasting our time on this? Because mm-hmm. Stedman will get the creative and and we did our job and he was successful getting the, the, um, the riverboat at that time. And so we made our presentation, and it goes back to what Kara and you both have said. You know, we have we have outstanding creative. And he saw it, and he said, you're hired, just like that. And so we had a two-and-a-half-year relationship. We did yeah. all of his marketing, all his creative uh, in Indiana. He brought us out into Atlantic City. This is before he was in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this, much of his creative out there. And like all, all good things with the Donald, things change. And, mm-hmm. Um, we were fired. Um, but he didn't fire us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was, I'll tell you, there's so many stories that I could tell you. Yeah. And people say, you got to write a book about it. And I went, no, um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep these memories and slip out stories on occasion. <laughs> Kara, how about you? Tom, Tom did a good job of giving you some stall time there to, no, to think I, it through. But what's what's one of your favorite stories about Asher? I love hearing the Donald stories. Um, you know, I could rattle off so many, so many client memories and, and you know, wins and and great relationships we've built over time. But I'm going to go throw back to you, Anthony. Um, so little known fact, I, I love Halloween. And uh, I, I used to host an annual Halloween party and there were themes. And the theme this particular year was uh, something along the lines of hero, like who's your hero or something. And so uh, Tim Borney shows up as Tim Borney always does. <laughs> he was just dressed as himself. But Anthony Giuliano shows up dressed as Tim Borney. Do you he, have that picture? Oh, I have that picture. It must resurface. He got his glasses, his reading glasses off his desk. He got a file manila file folder as tim always had your hair was you know white dusted and it was perfection and uh that was was, classic it was classic it was a good asher memory i I had almost forgotten all about that and the funny thing about that story (laughs) is that the secret is my go-to for halloween is whatever the easiest costume to pull off is (laughs) i don't want it to be too elaborate so i just had an asher fleece and i had i think it was kirsten downstairs she she did my makeup and made my Uh. hair white and I was going to Walgreens to buy a pair of reading glasses, and I stopped at Asher on the way there, and I was like, oh, Tim's glasses are right there. I'll just take those. And when I ran into him at the party, he he first thing he did is he laughed. Yeah. And then he said, hey, are those my glasses? <laughs> it's classic. That was classic. Oh, man. That was great. funny. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, what about one thing that you think about about Asher's 50th that makes it fulfilling for you. Why is that fulfilling? I mean, Tom, we were talking that, what is it, nationally only about 
twelve percent of companies make it to fifty years. I don't know how accurate that number is, but that's the closest. If, if when we I say it here, it. then it'll then be it's on real. the record and be real. Yeah. So if you think about it, out of all the businesses that have ever existed that have made it fifty years, there's only twelve percent of them. Yeah, I mean that that says something. Yeah, so so it's obviously a fulfilling thing. But why is that meaningful to you personally? I mean, you were here at you know not at the very start, but very right. close to that. Right. Why ultimately does that matter to you? Because it really puts you in a category that not many people have will have ever experienced or have experienced, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, it is very unique, and I hope Kara can take it. I hope she won't take it for the next fifty years. That will. Make I hope it, not. Yeah, that'll make it a little. That's <laughs> too old. Well, um, science but, is evolving. But, but the longevity—that's um, important. If you think about the number of people that have been here and through here, and the families that you've helped along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, just by help by employing them. Yep. I mean, we we, we were, we've always been, as you say, a family first mm-hmm. kind of agency, mm-hmm. and that to me has been extremely important. I think on the client side, not only on the successes that you've created for clients, um, but the relationships that still stand today. Yeah, and that to me has always been extremely important. Yeah, Kara, what about you? When you think about why this is meaningful to you. How do you sum that up? I know it's a big question. No, um, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, as you were telling the story of, you know, you and Tim earlier and um, just how this this business was established and how you came in, like, I, I started to get a little teary-eyed there. It it, I, it means so much to know that everything that Asher has been over the past 50 years is going to continue and thrive into the future. And so it's a milestone. It's pivotal. Um but it's so much more than that to mm-hmm. me. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's something to celebrate. That's for sure. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit. So it's not just a look back, but it's also something to celebrate. So what's Asher going to do to celebrate its 50th anniversary? Well, we are probably going to have a series of events to celebrate. I mean, it's not something that I want to, you know— take lightly. I really want to celebrate it with our clients, with our employees, with our families. Um, so there'll be a couple touch points. We'll have a celebration in June. Um, everyone's invited. You know? <laughs> uh, it'll be a party. We'll, we'll have a good time and just take this moment to soak it in because it, you know, I hope that there, we see a hundred, but it could be once in a lifetime. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you work really hard to get there, so you may as well stop and enjoy it when mm-hmm. it's, when it's actually here. And Tom, for those events, no jacket required. Yes. You can show up without a jacket if you want. Well, if it is, it would be the same one because I'm no longer buying suits <laughs> or sport coats. <laughs> well, that's great. Good that's for great. you. I look forward to those days myself. Well, thank you both for doing this. I really appreciate it. Tom, especially I've been trying to get you on the podcast for three years now, so we finally did it. You so are the best you. host, Anthony. And I might consider doing another one in a couple of years. Well, considering I'm the only host, as your brother used to say, you can't fall off the floor. So there you go. Well, thank you both. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest. And we hope you'll join us then. 